Happy Easter. Uh, we've grown up um, over on 14th Street, uh, where my folks still live. Uh, we had some neighbors who moved right next door. And the couple uh, that moved in after them, uh, nice people. Um, the guy's name was uh, Larry and his wife's uh, name was Sachiko. And he had been in Korea fighting in the war and he had met uh, Sachiko and fell in love with her, married her, and brought her home with him. And, and uh, they ended up uh, buying a house next door to us. It's kind of a middle-aged couple. Uh, they couldn't have any kids, so it's just the two of them. And, uh, but almost right away, they did this crazy thing. This couple, Larry and Sachiko, they, uh, they started digging up their backyard. And, uh, major, like, yeah, big backyard. And there may have been just a small plot of grass near the patio, but everything else dug up. You know, I'm a little kid, and I'm thinking, my gosh, what are they going to do? Bury bodies back there? <laughs> Something, some wonderful thing, you know, that we can talk about. And, and uh, but the, what they did, they, they put this garden in their backyard. It was massive. All these uh, vegetables, flowers, and, uh, trellises, and vines. It was, it was just unbelievable. And a couple of years, the thing was just a riot of explosion this beautiful growth and, and, and flowers. And, uh, just, he'd let us go over and kind of help and look at everything. And Sachiko would work on the flowers. And just, just amazing. Well, she got really sick with cancer. And, and, uh, and she died. And... We wondered, you know, what, what, what's he going to do, you know, with this big garden now that she's gone? He's all by himself. And he made the garden bigger. And his grief or his whatever it was, he just, he went out there and he just doubled down on his garden. And it was for him uh, a sign of hope. Hope in what, though? My brothers and sisters, we're here on Easter, and uh, what do we hope for? You know, the the resurrection for us is is a fact, the most attested historical fact in in, in all of history. You know, the empty tomb, the Jesus appearing to all those people, uh, the transformation of those people and others and all of us up to this day by some, some marvelous grace. That's a fact. That's the first thing. And the second thing is the, the consequences of the fact. But if we look at like, the first thing, the fact, it's, it's here in, in the Scripture. What's with that burial clothes and the, the, the focus on that? And, you know, John is the beloved disciple. John is the one who outruns Peter to the grave. So this is John talking about something he saw, something he experienced, something which was for him the defining moment of his entire life. That's what he describes it. And there's something about these clothes that matter to him. 
See, the, the idea, like Mary has, that these grave robbers have come and taken the body. So they go and they look, and, and immediately John knows that that's not what happened. How does looking at those clothes tell John that Jesus is risen from the dead? Because they did not yet understand that he had to rise from the dead. When you buried somebody back in those times, you covered their body with nard, this ointment, this fragrance, this perfume. It was, it was sticky, and when you adhered the, the, the cloth to it, you put the body on a cloth lengthwise, and then you flipped it over, and you put it on the top, and, and you, that cloth got stuck to that body. It wasn't coming off. It was a glue, and it hardened. So when John looks in and sees that the cloth is there, not ripped off, not pried off by some grave robbers, but rather it was there the way it was when Jesus was in it, but he wasn't in it. He wasn't in it for a moment and in a brilliant flash of uh, radiant energy and a, a new moment of creation. It wasn't there. And it collapsed on itself like a, like a cocoon that's flattened. Huh? And... Jesus, who was in it and now is not, takes the cloth off and rolls it up and puts it in a separate place. Grave robbers don't do anything like that. So there's this, this moment of truth for John, and he sees it, and he believes. And that belief has consequences. Because we believe too. We didn't see that. But we still believe that. We're, hired, we're hardwired that way. It's in our DNA to see the world and our experiences, whether we realize it or not, through the, through the, through the resurrection, through the empty tomb. You think about this. Is there anything in your life that you look at without at least having the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the background? Is there anything that we do that is not in some way seen and experienced and lived out through the truth that Jesus Christ rose from the dead in the Spirit and He sent that Spirit that lives in us? That this man who was murdered, this God who was killed, rose from the dead and now He has risen and He is alive in us and is that life that now we experience through everything we do, whether we acknowledge it or not. How often do you say, Lord, help me. Jesus, I am sorry. Jesus, thank you. It's, it's just in us, and it comes out of us. In your, in your marriage, in your, in, your, in your family with your children, Lord, help me. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, what a gift. Jesus, I can't believe I, I did that. Please help me not to do that again. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father, a son, a daughter, a wife, a mother, a friend. Please, please help me. Please, Jesus, thank you for these people who are with me today. It's, it's in us. It's, it is for us the evidence of the resurrection, the proof of his resurrection, but it is also the consequence of that same resurrection. We live our lives wanting to be better, failing always in the breach. But Jesus, 
His love, His Spirit helps us to continue to endure and to have hope, hope, hope. Maybe that is the singular evidence and proof for us that Jesus Christ rose from the dead in this crazy, messed up, mixed up world. We still have hope. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, help us. So, I'm out in our backyard. Back in the day, after Sachiko has died, and I'm spying through the fence, watching, watching Larry work out his love and his grief amidst the garden that his wife had planted. There in the garden, he talked to his wife as though she was still alive because she was and is and always will be. There he was as I watched him planning and plotting the resurrection.